This is Songwriter, the podcast of stories and answer songs. My name is Ben Arthur. Today, we have a brand new song by Mary Gaucher. But first, the story that inspired the song by Odie Lindsay, who reads from his first novel, Some Go Home. So Some Go Home is um, as much a novel about place as anything else. Uh, It takes place in a North Mississippi fictional little town called Pitchland. And uh, it's about the impact of place and where we're from on on who we are and and on our community. And in this case, in Pitchland, Mississippi, um, it follows, it jumps across about 40 years and and it links several families, all of whom are bound to a civil rights era murder. And the novel looks at the way in which each of these uh, groups sort of tries to run away from it, no matter its impact on them, until they realize that they can't. And at, at the center of this thing is a character, Colleen. She's a young Iraq War veteran. She's been home for four or five years. Um, and uh, I wrote about her in my story collection. It's it's called We Come to Our Senses. And um, at that moment, she was she was freshly home from deployment. And and her genesis was, you know, in part by dealing with my own uh, deployment and and trying to process that. But I realized there wasn't a lot to process, and or it had been processed a lot. So I started thinking about other folks with whom I'd served, other stories uh, that were there, and and places that I wasn't as familiar with. This is Odie Lindsay with an excerpt from his novel, Some Go Home. Colleen drove home from the Memphis VA hospital classified as pregnant. She headed southeast for an hour, interstate to State Highway, County Road onto Pack Dirt Drive, and into her attached double carport. She went in the house, flopped on the bed, and turned on daytime television, lit a misty, and nibbled her bottom lip between drags. She was in love with the idea of having conceived during a recent tornado, a symphony of violence marked by cracked pines and tail clouds, and the pop of the roadside transformer in concussive blue-white light. Yet Colleen knew she'd been pregnant weeks before the storm, a near miss, as it were, akin to the funnel cloud itself. She wanted to feel cherished and hip when showing off a debut baby bump, but her condition was seemed to a takeaway of deployment the inability to protect anyone, let alone a baby. For a breath, she was yanked under by a riptide of past trauma, but then rolled her eyes and crushed her cigarette out. You've got this, she muttered, whatever it is. She scanned the basic cable lineup for an hour or more, then snapped to and stepped outside. For weeks, she'd promised Derby that she'd knock some fallen pine branches off the roof, and her lack of follow-through had pricked up an argument between them this morning. Colleen had volunteered for the task in the first place, and thus so, gestation be damned. If she didn't finish the chore today, Derby swore he'd finish it for her when he got home from work. She would not allow that to happen. She grabbed the aluminum ladder from the carport utility shed, then extended it up to the roof line of the small house. The hollow clap of the rung locks clicked like the prize pins on the wheel of fortune. And climbing up onto the low-sloped overhang, she sat down and brushed the tile grit from her palms. Surprise, the VA doctor had asked, glancing at her wedding ring. He'll be thrilled. 
She looked out over the North Mississippi horizon, a rolling green canopy of forest and a field, broken now and again by bulbous water towers. Marking tidbit towns she'd known all her life, the vessels were now topped by rings of spiky cell phone antennas, reminding Colleen of the crown of thorns. She shut her eyes and listened to the tamp thump of hip-hop in the distance and knew that just across the county road a group of boys communed around an old car with a new stereo and a ragweed yard, drinking beer and smoking. Black or white boys, or maybe both, cutting up and ditching school, doing the same thing their fathers had done beneath the same scab of sun, a different soundtrack on the radio. So went the narrative in rural North Mississippi. For them, for her for everyone, forever. The debris pile on the roof, the final claim of that tornadic springtime storm, consisted of leg-thick branches, snapped twigs, and pine cones. Sticky short-knee needles were scattered everywhere. The late March air was already tight with heat, and so Colleen thought about climbing back down for some iced tea and a hair tie, maybe sunscreen, or cigarettes, Shit, she knew she if she did go back down, she'd be done for the day, having failed to complete things again. She measured her steps against the slight pitch of the overhang and began throwing small pine bits to the ground. The more she cleared, the more there seemed to be, so she picked them up faster, cone clumps and branches, slinging all into the yard, catching her balance now and again. She winced when the sweat trickled into her eyes and her chest felt bruised up from smoking, but still she cleared pine trash faster, faster. You know what they call contraception in Mississippi, the doc had asked her. Colleen had shaken her head no. Exactly. A searing pain needled the inside of her forearm. Colleen knew it was a yellow jacket before she swatted it dead. She flicked the wasp away, then slapped at the sting. As the distraction of sorts, she stopped chucking the small bits and instead gave a go at the large branch undergirding the pile. The limb was heavy and she dropped it on the first try, then hoisted it right back up. The bark chewed her palms and the wasp sting blossomed, but the bough budged just enough to encourage her. Shoving the pile towards the edge of the roof, Colleen sensed a tipping point. You're mine, she grunted, her abdomen brick-like as she leveraged her body forward, throwing everything she had in opposition to the weight until she slipped and slammed down on her ass. One of her sneaker soles was lacquered with blood. Her eyes darted over to the matted nest of haystick and scrap and the litter of gray squirrels that she'd slid on. Wriggling in the debris was a single spared pup. The inch-long creature bore fuzz as delicate as frost, and its inky eyes were lidded. Colleen got to her knees, leaned in close, and blew. Its head bobbed. And she looked out over the treetops as if seeking counsel, and once more to those crowned Christ water towers. For the first time in forever, she thought of this nameless, grandfatherly type from her childhood, a honey-draw patriarch who lived in nearby Pitchland. She'd, he'd been all but installed on a bench in town square, an attraction of sorts, feeding corn kernels to a gray squirrel that sat upright on his shoulder, and astounding any clump-up of passers-by kids. Colleen's memory of this time was sunlit. What's more, it carried potential given that the man's explanation of how anyone could raise an orphan pup, nursing it with an eyedropper, weaning it on to corn and carrots, 
Within weeks, he professed you'd whistle the pet to your side. She believed this opportunity. She had been that giddy kid. Colleen closed her eyes and took in the full bore of sun, and she grinned with the feel of its dominance. She stood up and apologized and stomped on the nest, then got back to the problem at hand. That was Odie Lindsay with an excerpt from his novel, Some Go Home. And now for the song written in response. My name is Mary Gaucher, and uh, um, prior to the COVID uh, pandemic, um, I uh, consider myself a singer-songwriter, troubadour, travel the world, an author, a recording artist, a teacher, uh, a mentor, uh, a music fan, um, and uh, someone who uh, lives and breathes creativity. That's my gig. Well, Odie did a beautiful expose on me for the uh, Oxford American. He has a collection uh, uh, prior to this work of fiction of short stories, and uh, I devoured them. From written from uh, the perspective of different characters, most of them veterans are people affected by the uh, wars in the Middle East. And I connected with him when I was writing uh, with veterans and their families through the Songwriting with Soldiers program. Um, His story is immensely interesting to me. He was a a grunt in the Middle East and a care package came over uh, addressed to any soldier. It was a box of the complete works of of Vonnegut. It ended up in his hands, and from there he knew it was like a light bulb screwing in that he wanted to be a writer. You know, I'm from South Louisiana. I'm from places that border Pitchland, Mississippi. And I know those characters. I know the personality types. That history of that troubled, troubled part of America is in my genes. And the story is so interesting to me because the wounded veteran is a woman. And the, the steadfast, true, dedicated through love character is a man. And it, it flips the narrative, which is interesting to me, really interesting to me. And it fits squarely into a Gothic Southern literature, the literature of the South that we are known for around the world. Every page I turned, I was starting to sweat. Like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, I can't fail. I don't know what I'm doing. I was working on this song uh, with a dear friend of mine from Northern Ireland named Ben Glover. We've written together for years, and he's one of my favorite co-writers. And we were stuck. We had no narrative for this song that we had this beautiful chorus, but we didn't have a narrative. And uh, it um, it was way too far away from any emotional place for me to feel like it was good song. I saw that the song, the title of the book, he pulled from a Jerry Jeff Walker song. And so I went to the Jerry Jeff song, gave it a listen and realized that's not Jerry Jeff's strongest song. That's why I'd never heard of it, but it was a good song. Why wasn't it a great song? And I got to thinking of it and it occurred to me, maybe we could pick up where the book left off. 
What is Colleen gonna do? She she needs to leave Mississippi, and the car just keeps going back to. It's like against her will. She's suddenly Highway 90, and she's not eastbound where she wants to get out of there. She's westbound, heading deeper into uh, the Gulf. And I had the idea: meet me in the meadow. We can look up at the stars, lean into the wind, dream again, find out who we are. That's all I had. This song is me imagining. After the book ends, what is, what is she going to do? There's a quote, uh, he who learns must suffer. And even in our sleep, pain that cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart. And in our own despair, against our will, comes wisdom to us through the awful grace of God. I think that's what Colleen's dealing with, is the awful grace of God. It, it's so, so hard to carry the trauma. That trauma is still in her body and it's making decisions for her. You know, people are gonna say, the awful grace of God, what are you talking about, Gaucher? I'm, like, I'm talking about suffering. At the end of our suffering, we do find grace, if we're lucky. And I think that the same holds true for Mississippi. This is Mary Gaucher with her song, Then Go Home. Highway 90 westbound In the falling dark Rolling past cornfields Catfish farms and swamps A Pascagoula sunset A longing breaking through Don't know why I'm always leaving Don't know why I left you Won't you meet me in the middle We can look up at the stars Lean into the wind Dream again, find out who we are Won't you meet me in the meadow No more alone We can lay down in the grass Till the feelings pass Then go home to tell you I'm ready to come clean I'm so tired of running from things I cannot leave you and me in Mississippi battered beautiful and scarred in need of forgiveness 
and the awful grace of God. Won't you meet me in the meadow? We can look up at the stars, lean into the wind, dream again, and find out who you are. Won't you meet me? In the meadow, no more alone. Let's lay down in the grass till the feelings pass, then go home. We can lay down in the grass till the feelings pass, then go home. That was Then Go Home by Mary Gaucher, written in response to Odie Lindsay's Some Go Home. For a live show with Odie and Mary, I wrote a song in response to Some Go Home as well. It's called After the War, and you can hear it wherever music streams. Some Go Home is available wherever books are sold, and you can find Odie at oalindsay.com. And Mary Gaucher has just written a new book called Saved by a Song. It's out on July 6th, and you can find places to pre-order it at marygaucher.com. The next episode of Songwriter will feature a reading from Blackout by Sarah Heppola and a brand new song by Matt the Electrician. Songwriter is a part of the American Songwriter Podcast Network, along with some other great podcasts. Make sure to check out americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast. And you can always get early access to the Songwriter Podcast at Paste. Just go to pastemagazine.com and search for Ben Arthur. And while you're there, check out the Paste Podcast or get it wherever you get yours. Last, thanks as always to Rob Reinhardt and Acoustic Cafe.